everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. His name is TJ. Her name is Jen. And their last name is Men. Sounds like a Chinese restaurant, which I love, by the way. But wait. <laughs> Both are former West Point cadets. Both are Harvard University graduates. TJ, with a master's in public policy, now serving as an aviation officer in the United States Army. And Jen, with a master's degree in public administration, as well as a graduate of Trinity College of the Bible and certified member of the Association of Biblical Counselors. And both, do I hear a drum roll? Foster parents to more than 22 children. Here to share their amazing story from their just released Faith to Foster are its authors. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome a wonderful pleasure indeed, TJ and Jen Men. TJ and Jen, welcome to Testimony. Thank you so much. It is wonderful to be here. Well, it is great to have you. Both of you have such an amazing story. I just had to do it in celebration and in honor of National Foster Care Month, the month of May, but also honoring our military as both of you are and are continuing to serve. If I were to summarize just a little of your amazing story, I would have to say the following. Faith in action, heart and home, tears and triumph, but most of all, God on the throne. Can you explain how you came to foster 22 children and at such a young age? TJ and Jen, please tell us your story. Sure. I grew up in a home where my parents welcomed foster children uh, in, and uh, we got exposure, my brother and I, at a young age and had a lot of uh, great siblings and great experiences that way. Jen in high school volunteered and was on a board of a local children's shelter so we knew that there were foster children out there and we knew that there were children that needed homes we also knew that god cared about these children in james 1 27 we read that religion that god our father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and so we had recently uh, gotten married and we were trying to figure out, you know, what, what this married life was going to look like. And we wanted to serve God. We wanted to advance the kingdom of God. And we wanted to do it in such a way that it would bring us closer together. And so we tried to find a ministry or a way to serve where we both uh, played a part. And uh, foster care seemed like a logical choice for both of us. Wow. So now tell us why you decided to write your book, Faith to Foster. You know, as we fostered, we came across a lot of different people in our, you know, social circles and day-to-day -day life that had tons of questions about foster care. It's just not talked about much besides the newsworthy tragedy of something happening or um, a child acting out. And we found that foster parenting isn't just something 
that people are going to wake up one day and jump into. It really takes a bit of exposure or familiarity. And, you know, like TJ said, that's what made it reasonable or something that we thought we could take on. And so we realized that writing a book would be a safe place for people that just need more information before they would even consider it. And so, you know, that's what we intend for our book to do, is be a place to just expose people to what the day-to-day life of a foster parent might look like. Well, how old were you two when you first decided to foster children, and how old are you two today? So we, we started going through training. I think I was 20 or 21, but then we didn't take children for another year because TJ um, was scheduled and deployed to Baghdad for 15 months. So it was when he came home from that deployment that we started taking in foster children. And now um, I'm holding on to my 29 for another month. (laughs) And TJ, uh, I should know this, 33? (laughs) 33. All right, still both so young. Wow. Well, another question. Who provided the finances or who provides the finances for you when you decide to become a foster parent? How does that work? Sure. In our book, we mention that prospective foster parents should probably have a month or two months of living expenses kind of saved up and and just that's an emergency fund but then also uh, it allows you know for uh, you get a new case and you get some kids that come in that literally have nothing but maybe the clothes on their back or maybe they come with a garbage bag and so there is some upfront expenses and each state's reimbursement process is a bit different but Typically, you will receive money when the case uh, from the state, you'll receive money from the state when the kids first come to you for a clothing allowance. Because like I said, most of these kids come with little to no clothes at all. Um, So there's typically a clothing allowance, and then there is a per diem rate that covers uh, food and your time and, uh, you know, some travel. You're often, if you are driving these kids to their appointments, they will also reimburse your mileage. But the state uh, provides for a lot of the day-to-day expenses. It just may not happen right up front. It's based on a a reimbursement rather than a a, a front paying system. And maybe just to give a little bit of a range, it varies per state or if you're in a city or rural area, but that per diem is anywhere from about 11 to $20 per day per, per child. Oh, wow, that's not a lot of money, and you two are in the military, and that typically is not the highest-paying job in the nation. And by the way, it should be. I think the idea is to support so that money wouldn't keep you from fostering, but there would really be kind of a reverse incentive. If If they paid it well, you would get some people becoming involved in it as a job instead of really as a passion. Amen, amen. Now, you mentioned in your book that neither of you knew what a profound impact foster parenting would have on you emotionally, spiritually, or physically. How has it affected your relationship with each other and with the Lord? You know, I think one of the most profound effects it's had um, with the Lord is we have we've had to rely on him. We've been so out of control about the children's circumstances and even the situations as they unfold while they're living with us that we've learned um, to hope in God alone. And I think the world, even within the Christian community sometimes, guides us or asks us questions that want us to place our hope or an expectation in an outcome, especially when we're talking about kids and hard circumstances. So I found myself saying, oh, I hope the birth dad comes to the visit. 
or I hope I won't have my house trashed. Um, or sometimes I hope for the opportunity to adopt these kids. I hope they stay with us forever. Um, on, on rough nights, it might be, I hope she'll sleep through the night. But, <laughs> but you know, as, as believers, we realize the only place where our hope will be able to stand and not disappoint is when we put it in God's grace being revealed in our lives through Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Well, it seems to me like this is a calling for you. Do you think that being a foster parent is a calling for everyone? And if someone is considering being a foster parent, how can they know? Yeah, I I kind of resist the notion that we've received a special calling uh, to do this ministry. I I really believe that some people may have an easier time with it than others, and certainly not everyone is in the situation or circumstances to foster, and so I'm not saying that everyone should do that, just like not everyone has the same spiritual gifts. Um, but Jesus, you know, tells us to go and make disciples, and, you know, he talks a lot about doing that and going, and this is a way that people can reach out and affect the community around them. And so, if you're waiting for a calling, uh, let this be it. Uh, or, <laughs> you know, like, I don't think there's anything special about Jen or I that allows us to foster that other people don't possess. Uh, this really is something that uh, anyone can do. Uh, again, your circumstances may change. I don't necessarily recommend it for teenagers. Uh, and, you know, and the state has some limits on the amount of, you know, age between your oldest child and you. Uh, you know, when Jen was so young, they wanted a 10-year gap, so we didn't really take teenagers early on. Um, but uh, I, I would just encourage people that, whether it's foster care or some other ministry and things, to, to put their faith in action, and that's really what we hoped uh, our book inspires people to do is to serve their communities and to love others because we've all been loved by Christ in, in ways that we can never repay. Wow, and that's what so drew me to your story. It's so selfless of the two of you to lay your lives down for these children, children that you don't know, that you haven't met, much like Christ laid down his life for us. In the foster care system, I know that you have come across children with emotional scars, destructive behavior. How have you been able to handle that? You know, when you say that, I immediately think of a little girl named Jasmine who, at four years old, came to us trembling. I mean, a finger in her mouth constantly. She could hardly speak besides cursing. Um, we, we weren't allowed to drop her off in Sunday school because she was so disruptive or aggressive in the classroom. And, you know, within months of being in a safe, stable environment where she knew she was loved and she was prayed over often, she had dramatic changes. I mean, you would see her and think she's a typical little girl, chattering away, dancing freely, conquering fears, affectionate. And I think that that dramatic shift is like darkness coming out of light and shows how, you know, in, in these children's hearts, they just desire to adapt and thrive and have life. It's really their environments that they came from that are keeping them with those um, emotional behaviors. Amen and, and amen. Ma'am, you mentioned how do we handle these challenging situations, and I, I honestly believe prayer is a, is a big reason for this. And we pray with the kids a lot. And there is, there is real power in a child's prayer. And I'll tell you, it is heartwarming and really just 
really neat to see children praying to Jesus, expecting that prayer to be answered, and praying for their parents. I think it's just remarkable to see kids praying um, for their parents, and it's really humbling uh, to hear the way that they pray. And um, you know that they're going to make mistakes, they're going to break things and tell lies, but they're made in the image of our Heavenly Father, and so sometimes I think we focus a lot on destructive behaviors um, instead of maybe the change that, that we could make and that the change that the love of Christ does to people's lives. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to TJ and Jen Men, foster parents of over 22 children in the service of our military and authors of their just-released Faith to Foster. You can learn more about TJ and Jen's ministry, work and mission, by visiting faithtofoster.com and get their book, Get Informed and Get Blessed, as TJ and Jen can attest. TJ and Jen, it has been an absolute joy speaking with you today. Your selfless sacrifice of love on behalf of our nation's children on the home front and abroad testifies to the fact that nothing is impossible with God and that whom God calls, though you say it's not necessarily a calling, he will also equip. Your book, Faith to Foster, shows us the way and is a great encouragement for anyone considering a foster parent role, as you two have done and beautifully. So we thank you and God bless you. Thank you so much, ma'am. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensen Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.